Good morning, church. How are you all doing this morning? Good? Yeah. I uh, hope you all are having a good uh, longer weekend for, for many people. It's the July 4th weekend. And so uh, I know uh, John and uh, the John and the Curialis and the, the rails are away getting some much needed rest. And uh, John's also out in California uh, going to the master's seminary so that he can uh, get trained in the good stuff and, and bring it back here to be able to share and equip us to do everything that God has called us to both in the world and, and in our city. And um, for, for those of you that, that might not know me as well, uh, my name is Eric Schultz. I've, uh, I was in the, the first uh, round of uh, elders in the past, or, uh, about a year or two ago in 2020, when uh, John started bringing up the, the kind of an elder structure and pushing our church forward like that. And uh, I just want to kind of give uh, a, back, a little bit of my own background so that you can get to know me a little bit. I came into the church around spring 2016, so it's probably, it's coming just a little over six years now. And uh, I wouldn't say that I was really in into the church until probably about fall of 2016 when I started doing the discipleship and, and the life groups that so many of you are, are now a part of. And um, when my, my, my conversion, I guess, my, my journey is I grew up in the church and my parents raised me well going to, going to church, but I never really had a, a need for God. It was just something that I kind of did on the weekends. And uh, I was just broken in my apartment back in uh, 2016. Uh, I, on the outside, you would think that I had it all together. I, I was uh, a director of the character animation program on campus. They only allow 30 people into that program every year. And uh, I was pretty much in the top four. I had friends, family, but everything that I gained in the world, it was almost like there was still this stirring emptiness that I just couldn't fill. And one night I just cried out to God. I said, uh, it was like a Philippians 121 moment where Paul said, you know, for me, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to go on, if I'm going to keep on living, that it would be for you. But yet I, I'm to remain here and be with you. Um, and I said that, I was like, Lord, either take my life or do something with it, because otherwise I'm just going to go on just depressed, uh, not really knowing what to do, just kind of going throughout the world. And three months later, uh, in character animation, uh, in my program, Grace Monsalvacci uh, is one of, the, one of the ones that has been here since the beginning. Uh, she invited me to come to church, and I said, look, I, I just want people that read the Bible and actually do what it says and, and live it out. And she says, oh, well... We do that here. And so I, the, the first thing that I did when I walked in and as I just saw the worship, I saw that everyone had this uh, deep connection and this uh, desire and this hunger to want to, to love God, to know him uh, deeply, that he's uh, actually transforming people and people are actually uh, living out the word fully, what it says. And I, and I was attracted to that. And I said, okay, anything that's anything that I see in the word, I want to live out and do. And so started going to life group discipleship. Uh, we got to reach people on mission. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, sign me up. And so um, I, I, I've centered my entire uh, life around God and his church and uh, uh, kind of forsake this uh, attacking God onto my own plan, but making sure that my whole life is centered around him in every area. And so uh, as far as like actually having a heart for the church, I think uh, many of us probably know at some point when we come to the church, we're kind of uh, giving or we're trying, we're, we're, we're getting a lot. But uh, I would say probably about two years in is when I said, okay, I want to I be with these people 
uh, for the long haul. I started. I spent hours and hours and in prayer with uh, different with different people in the church back when we were at John Evans. And let me see. Back at back at John Evans, and then uh, even with the even with the the eldership coming alongside uh, different leaders and helping out in the life groups. And also becoming a life group leader in the past, and probably I think it was the beginning of last year, I, w- I remember waking up in the morning and I was more concerned with uh, other people's walks with God more so than even my own sometimes where it was all about me and my time with Jesus. But the first night that I was a life group leader, I actually woke up that next morning and I started thinking of everyone in my life group and I started wondering, man, are, are, are they connecting with God? Are they getting what they need? Or how are they doing? And so I, the, the Lord just put that in me uh, once, once the... Uh, once we, once I started leading that I really want to care and love, uh, each and every single person. I want to be hospitable. My wife loves having people over and cooking for them. It's one of our favorite things to do. And, uh, many of you have been blessed by her chicken noodle soup, I'm sure. So, um, and, uh, my wife also, uh, was, was saved in this church in the character animation program. And, uh, we celebrated one year of marriage or yeah, our anniversary, our one year anniversary, la- uh, early on last month. So. It was, uh, yeah, praise God. He's, uh, he's more gracious than I could have uh, ever asked or imagined for sure. But I also want to uh, honor uh, the eldership here too. Um, like, uh, like Heath, Heath, before we were, we, we were even uh, married, before we were even dating, we were, uh, or going, we, we were dating our wives. Uh, we, were, we lived together in a D home, and I just remember even him preparing for his first message and some of his messages just sitting up in the loft in the D home and uh, him you know, going through it with me. And I learned so much just about even uh, how uh, to build passages and the heart that uh, he even has and he carries for these people. And that was a really sweet time. I gleaned so much and I still continue uh, to glean from Heath as just a, a humble brother who really cares and loves people from the heart. And then uh, Tyler Wathen, um, I know you're not here today, but I love you, man. Thanks for having us over uh, on Thursday. Uh, Tyler had me over and uh, we prayed through the sermon and uh, he went, we, we both went through it and he gave me some pointers and some ideas and uh, it was just a really sweet time. Uh, they, they, they love having people over too and they run one of the uh, family life groups and so yeah, love you guys and thank you for your hospitality. And then I uh, uh, can't forget about John. John, I've known ever since I've been here uh, pretty closely, all, ever since back in John Evans Elementary. There's been a lot of uh, late night conversations that in my, my college mind that, uh, I mean, he, he's just so sacrificial. Like I remember, remember calling him at nine or 10 at, at night sometimes, uh, not even, not even really thinking or registering that, uh, you know, that he has a family that he's taking care of and leading, but he was just always, he, and he never thought it, he never said anything. He always said, Hey, what's up? And he, he would talk to me and he was patient with me. And just so even when I was in college and kind of all over the place with my mind and what I was thinking and what I wanted to do. And he was just so patient with me over the years to guide me, to be able to coach me and just talking back and forth ever since, uh, I've been here, uh, talking about, uh, God, his mission, vision for our own lives. And I was also, uh, nearby, uh, nearby aside, even throughout 2020 with all the ideologies, with different things like, uh, CRT and things coming into the church, just, uh, being a brother to one another and helping to reason through and figure out, uh, what, what, what is exactly coming through the pipeline that is unchristlike and, 
um, it was just a really sweet time to grow close. And uh, now I appreciate even his willingness to go to seminary to get trained, um, as I mentioned earlier. So I hope to continue to serve uh, the church and this body as long as God gives me the strength to. And so the topic uh, for this week will be on hunger. And that's uh, off of that's coming off of the tail end of uh, the great sermon that Heath uh, gave us last week on on grace and uh, hunger comes second in line uh, because uh, God's sovereignty unless He opens our hearts uh, then and gives us grace then there's no way that we can ever even have hunger. So Romans three ten through twelve it says as it is written there is no one righteous not even one there is no one who understands no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There was no one who does good, not even one. The only reason that you were able to wake up this morning is by God's grace. The only reason that you're in this building today is because God enabled it in your heart to be here. You thought that it was, more, it was a greater priority and a need to be in here in this room than to sleep in, than to do those extra chores maybe that you didn't have time for on Saturday um, because you understand that uh, you need the nourishment. And so without God's uh, sovereign love and his, his acting in our lives, uh, there's no way that any one of us would even dare to come into this room. And so the, the first major point, I think, is worth defining uh, what, what, do we mean, uh, what do we mean by hunger when we talk about it. And there's a, there's a couple of different uh, subpoints to that. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the desperation and uh, which is like our need for Christ and also our, our desire for the, the person in the presence of who Christ is. And so Psalm 42, 1 through 4, uh, this is David saying, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. See, David understood his need to God, and he poured himself out onto these pages uh, and, and made it uh, apparent to us that we need to have the same heart, that do you pant for God in the same way that a deer pants for water? It's a need. You can almost see like the, the dryness and the, the heaviness uh, of, of an animal that just is, is thirsty and in a need. And so David would remember even when the times were sweeter. He, and it's funny that when he recalls and when he remembers, it says back here in verse 4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go and lead them in the procession of the house of God with glad shouts and praise. Isn't that what we do here? Um, so going to church, I guess you could say, is being in the house of God, being under the, the preaching and the teaching. There will be harder times, and there will be sweeter times, but it's an interesting that this is what David's heart uh, grips to, even in, even in times of trial. I remember uh, I lived downtown, when I used to live downtown, before I started coming to the church. This was 2016, 2017. I moved here fall of uh, 2017, but I was with uh, a bunch of uh, unbelievers. You know, they weren't, 
they weren't bad, bad guys. You know, they were, they were personable. Uh, they, they, they didn't know Christ. And so the most important thing to me, the most important question that anyone can ask me and the way that I personally feel the most love is, hey, what is God doing in your life? What is he teaching you? How are you growing? Uh, how are you growing in him? And uh, I didn't get that uh, from them. Everyone has their own uh, motivations and things like that. And so I made a decision to move into a house of other guys that I knew were going to help me to point me to look more like Christ. That's ultimately what I desired more than anything in the world. And so uh, I moved into a D home and revolved my entire life around the church. Um, and I really feel like that there, that this is the it's been so fruitful and I've grown so much. There's no way I would have had the growth that I had if there was what, if I wasn't living among other men who uh, would say things like, I mean, when you can be in a relationship, I mean, there's no closer relationship when you can be in a relationship with another guy and you have both agreed on, uh, on, on this that, Hey, can you, can you call me out when, when I'm, when I'm not right? And you both agree. And then you know, it's always scary to bring it up, but we, we would bring it up to each other constantly. We or not, or every once in a while, we would have grace and patience, of course. But we would say, "Are are you in the flesh right now?" And we'd be like, "Yeah, can you can you pray for me?" And so there's there's no greater humility uh, because it's not about us, it's not about our reputation or our friendships. It's about Him, and that's what that's what uh, that's what this is all about. And so you know, we were. Uh, I, I wanted to be uh, humble from the beginning. I didn't want. I didn't. I don't want God to humble me. I want to try to. I want to try to beat him to it uh, in a, any situation I can. And I would uh, recommend the same for all of you. I don't. I don't like being humbled by the Lord. So, um, uh, and then moving into so going into the next point, which is um, you know first we had desperation. Now we have uh, the desire. I think desperation will get you there, but eventually we have to get to the point where where, where we do desire Christ, and they kind of work both together. So. Psalm uh, 27.4 says, uh, one, one uh, thing I have asked from the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now, we know that we no longer need a temple. That's uh, in terms of needing to go to uh, and have, uh, go to a priest or, or anything like that, that the veil was torn in two, that that signifies that we have full access. It's kind of like, uh, Christ just saying, hey, you have fridge access to God the Father. You have everything that you can need through, through prayer in him. Um, and so it's an all-you-can-eat buffet when it comes to, uh, spiritually speaking, you can get everything that you need. So come all, come all who are weary. Uh, Christ says he'll give, you, he'll give you the rest. Romans uh, 8.38, uh, there's no separation. Um, it says, I am sure that neither life nor death nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so it's important, I, I think, I don't know if John has uh, mentioned this uh, before, but there's the, there's the three Ds. There's the desire, there's the dis- discipline, and then there's the delight. And Christ gives you each and every one, but it's kind of a, an evolution. If you, if, you have a de- if you have a mustard seed of desire and hungering for God, then you need to discipline uh, that desire. You need to um, have other people come alongside you and help you along in that. And then eventually, uh, as, you, as you discipline that, you'll, you'll, you'll delight in him more so and more so each and every single day. And so this brings us to our uh, major point number two, which is uh, how is our hunger displayed? So we talked about uh, what, what is basically what is hunger. 
in terms of uh, how we look at it displayed through the scriptures. And then how is it displayed? So it's displayed in a few different ways, and then I'll unpack each one. But it's displayed through prayer, through God's word, and then through the life of the church. So prayer, God's word, and the life of the church. So how is our hunger displayed uh, in, through prayer? Um, by time in the morning and God's word and then constant throughout the day. So, uh, you know, Christ says that, he's the, that, that we need our daily bread and he says that he is the bread of life. And so we need the scriptures daily. We need to be able to get uh, prayer and get before the one uh, before uh, we start out our day, just like he did. He modeled it uh, really well through the gospels. And I think that the, uh, the one thing that the, uh, that the disciples gleaned from Christ most it was his prayer life and his uh, desperation and his need uh, to be with the Father. And if Jesus is God and he needs to be uh, in, in, in communion with God, then who are we to say that we don't need that? So I would make sure to set aside time um, in the morning and uh, even more so even, even at night. Uh, pour out your soul to him. Have conversations with him. I know a lot of the t- I work I work remote from home. And I'll be able to go on a 10-minute walk on my lunch break or different parts of the day. And I'll go and I'll walk the neighborhood near me if I don't die too much from the Florida sun. But it, uh, but it's, uh, but that, those are the, if you if you ever walk with me in my prayer times, it's, uh, it sounds a lot like this. Lord, I need help with this, that, and the other thing. I need help having uh, grace in my marriage. I need help uh, having grace and love for. Uh, the people in the church and my life group, and um, I'm I'm repenting. It's normally repenting and asking God for things, and uh, even uh, and sometimes the, the the Bible verses will just come to mind, and I'll be encouraged by that. That's the Holy Spirit uh, working working in us, and so uh, just know that God can empathize uh, in your weakness. He understands. If you've been in, uh, if you start, you know, if you're in ministry for a few years, you probably hear a lot of things like. From, from other people saying, well, you don't understand. Well, you don't understand. You don't understand. And it says, and it's like, well, I, I do understand. I mean, I've been through something similar, right? Like God gives us, uh, God will give us, you know, maybe I can relate with you 60 to 70%, but everyone's going to have their own unique trials because he needs to produce something special in each and every one of us. And so he, he wants us to be able to do this together so that we can uh, shepherd one another. But, you know, people might not know exactly 90, 100% of what you're going through, but they know enough in order to console you. And ultimately, you need to get uh, what you need from, from God the Father. But it's a, it's a both end. It's between God and it's between others in the body. We need one another and we need him. Um, and even when I'm in the flesh and short-tempered, I'll, I'll even, I'll tell my wife, you can ask her, you know, I'm, I'll say, hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling right, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated, and uh, I just need time. I need time in the Word, I need, and I need time to pray, and I'll go off in, a, in another room, and uh, maybe for about 10 or 15 minutes, and I'll, I'll repent, get my mind right. Uh, the Lord will help bring me to mind exactly what it is that I'm feeling and going to, and I can bring it up with her. And I think that's the that's the sign of a of a of someone who's uh, becoming more mature in Christ is when you have the self awareness to know exactly where you're at and then wh- where you know to go to. You know that you need to go to Christ and uh, get right with Him, and then hopefully He brings conviction so that you can get help with uh, get right with other people maybe that you've hurt. Um, and so, so yeah. Uh, another the second sub point is uh, God's word. Um, uh, I'll move through this one. Uh, he said, so uh, 
our needs are satisfied through his word. Uh, it has everything that we need for life and godliness. Second Peter 1.3 uh, gives us direction. Light and a lampstand for my feet. As it says in Psalm 119, it sanctifies us it renew, and, and renews our minds. Romans 12.2. Um, we need this book. We have no other anchor of truth. We have no, uh, we have no standard. Even when I'm talking with people on campus, sometimes they'll say, oh, yeah, I, I, I know God. I, I know Jesus. I'm a Christian. And it says, well, uh, how do you know that what you're doing is right? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I just kind of do my own thing. And it's like, no, this is like if you're a Christian, then you know how important it is that the Bible is inerrant in our lives and it gives us exactly everything that we need. And so um, don't be fooled by uh you know, maybe people that might just want to tell you what you want to hear have discernment and how um, have discernment and and how when when to stay in those conversations and, and when to exit and don't always just take people's uh, word for it. And so, um, this, the the next point is the uh, life of the church. Uh, that's that's uh, that's the this is probably one of the largest ways that we can also. Uh, have our hungers displayed is through things like uh, discipleship and fellowship, being mutually submitted to one another, listening to the preaching and the teaching. And there's two main passages that I want to hinge on. Acts 2.42 through 47 is probably the most quoted and most read scripture in this church. Um, It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, basically the, the teaching from the word, preaching here on Sunday. Um, to the breaking of bread and prayers. We do that uh, in life group. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, that's what we're doing here, and breaking of bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It was a, this was the standard of the, the New Testament church. Uh, Hebrews ten twenty four and 27 was the, also the other passage that I wanted to touch on. This is a favorite among uh, life group leaders. Uh, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is in the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, I'm so encouraged by uh, some of the, the hunger and people that just want to get plugged in and get involved in the life of the church. Um, I know uh, Jude just recently moved across the state to be here uh, with us, and then also uh, the Lystroms, uh, Ben and Josh, you guys moved from uh, another country uh, to be a part of this body and uh, also, I know some of you, and I know there's, there's more in here that have also made, uh, you know, the, the quick journey, but, and some people have to make even longer journey. I know uh, the Roshinskis, you guys probably drive an hour or so to be here, and, um, and, and, and you just love it, and you love being here, you love being among the people, and there's, there's no, there, I can see it in your eyes that there's no other place that you'd rather be. And so uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm deeply, it, it stirs my own hunger uh, to want to continue moving forward. Um, and so the only way that, that we grow in righteousness is being among people uh, of the body and living out what God has commanded us to. Uh, Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You, you, you need uh, the body of believers in order to fulfill, uh, in order to fulfill, fulfill this. We need other people to, to watch us and to make sure that we're 
abiding by a life ruled by Christ. And so, as I read in Hebrews, it's common, uh, it's common, uh, or it's a command from God to meet together, not just individually, but corporately, as we see in Acts 2. Um, you can't grow if you're not working with the local church, and if you do, it would be very, very minuscule. You won't, minuscule, you won't, uh, you won't uncover everything that God has for you. Um, and we can be taken away by our own sin as well. And I'll talk about this more when I get to the, the hindrances, but we need uh, exhortation. I need exhortation. I need uh, rebuke. I need other people um, watching me so that I can walk out in the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And this is all for our joy. Um, I remember uh, John gave uh, an illustration back all the way back in John and Evans Elementary. Maybe you all have heard the, the saying, even from other people in our church, called uh, watching your swing. Uh, we need people to watch our swing. It, he, he, he talked about Tiger Woods and how in order for Tiger Woods to be uh, a, the best at one point in his life, he needed other coaches and he needed other people saying, hey, maybe you need to come in at this angle. Maybe you need to twist your hips a little bit slower or maybe change up your swing here and there. He can't see his own swing, and so he needs other people covering it. And when, when you're in the thick of it, when you're going through trial, trust me, you need other people to be able to discern uh, even in your own life, for to even be able to encourage you and help you to get what you need. Um, we're all doing this together. And the fruit of hunger is displayed in the body when every single person wants every part of their lives to be in mutual submission. That it's not just coming uh, on Christmas and Easter. That it's not just coming... Um, that it's, not, that it's not just coming once a week, but that our lives are given to the church and that you know the people's names that you're in the room with. And so we'll move into the, the, third, uh, the third and final point, which would, is uh, the hindrances or any opposition to hunger in our lives. And so this comes with more so of a, of a warning than everything else. And, um, if the, and, and I want to exhort all of you, if, the, if anything is highlighted in here that you get prayer uh, towards the end of service and bring it up in your discipleships and life groups so that you can, uh, so that you can uh, get people alongside you to walk through some of these things. Um, so the, the first uh, minor point is uh, apathy and indifference. And so it, that's, the, that's the biggest thing because if you're not hungry, we're apathetic. And so this can be maybe just making excuses why you can't do this or you can't do that. Uh, excuses to why you don't want to serve, excuses to why you don't want to wake up in the morning. I'm too tired. Uh, I don't want to get up and you, in, in, in the morning and you neglect that fellowship with God. Uh, maybe you just need to go to bed earlier. Maybe you need to ask someone, hey, can you text me at 9.30 or give me a call and say, hey, remember, uh, maybe for a week, get to bed earlier. I mean, I want this type of accountability because I want to get everything that I need from God. I, I, I bring everybody, I bring uh, the elders in, I bring uh, the life group in to struggles that I'm going with, 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 with the sermon, of course. And, but there's, uh, you can guarantee that the elders, that there's, uh, that the elders and uh, certain people in the church, maybe one or two people know everything that there is to know about my life, that there is, there is nothing, uh, that is hidden. Now I might not share that with every single person in the church, but, uh, I need to, I think it's in the human heart, even with our relationship with God, that we want to know God and we want to be known by God. And it's the same thing with our side-to-side relationships. We want to know one another, and I want to be known by you guys. And uh, that fulfills uh, a deep longing that's in our hearts uh, to be made right with uh, God and with his people. And so uh, another minor point is uh, worldly appetites. 
uh, Ephesians uh, 2, 1 through 3. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you used to walk when you conformed to the ways of this world and of the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit who is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And this is the this is the this is the verse. All of us, also, all, all of us also lived among them at one time, fulfilling the cravings of our flesh and indulging in its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature children of wrath. We're worshiping beings. Uh, it's how God created us. We need to worship something, and that's why I have I have a lot of grace for for even uh, people uh, that are figuring out their walk with Christ and they're, they're considering, you know, giving their, their life to him and everything. They're, they're, they got to get filled up by something. And so they're going to go to whatever idol it is, whether it's job, kids, spouse, position, and promotion of self, money, uh, land, homes. These are all uh, um, American things, but uh, people need to cling on to something. And so that's where even in our evangelism, we need, to, we, we need to have the discernment and we need to get to that point where we can kind of target what it is that they're running after and dealing with and then bring in Christ as the hope because whatever idol that they try to chase after, it's just going to end up hurting them. It's going to ultimately lead them straight to darkness and hell. So, um, yeah, just, just that, and that's why, I, I mean, I, I try to have, that's why we want to be persuasive in our speech, gentle, um, third sub point for uh, some of the hindrances is just the flesh, uh, being selfish, looking to yourself and having your eyes on yourself. Philippians three nineteen through twenty one says their end is their is, is destruction. Their god is their belly or desires, and their glory is their is in their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself, will transform our lowly bodies to be more like his glorious body. And so it's, it's just prideful. Let's just call it what it is, looking at your own desires above others. When, we ha- when, when we're hungry for God and we're getting our needs met, with, met in him mostly, um, then it enables us to be uh, selfish, selfless and sacrificial to one another in the body and those around us. Um, another part of the flesh is, uh, uh, is I, I've heard someone say this, maybe it was John said, uh, a Moses complex. I'm looking at anyone that has, uh, that, that does any sort of discipleship, whether it's uh, like a mutual discipleship, whether it's uh, life group leaders or maybe room leaders from the, the mission trip that we came back from San Francisco just saying things like, I, I'm hurt by these people. I can't pray for them. They hurt me. Um, just understand that God will vindicate. And uh, ultimately, he'll bring, uh, and, and it's just that having that trust that he'll straighten out who he needs to straighten out. Uh, keep your heart right with him. Forgive. Uh, reconcile to the best of your ability. Um, you're not above your master. Jesus was persecuted. Uh, you, will, you will be too. Um, but you can go away from those conversations and with other people knowing, okay, Lord, I, I did the hard part. I, reckon, I tried to reconcile. I'm, I'm walking through forgiveness. I'm forgiving constantly. It takes time, and healing and pain takes time, so understand that. But anytime it comes up, just say, Lord, I forgive. Lord, I forgive. Bring other people in. I need prayer. Help to, help to forgive. Help to forgive. So um, 
Uh, just know that you can give people as much vision. You can give them as you can talk to them for hours. You can give them the best wisdom in the world in prayer, but ultimately you can't control the decisions that other people will make in their lives. And so, and then the last one, the last uh, sub point for uh, the hindrances is just pride. Um, and this is in the form of, of independence. There's a, there's a pandemic in the church today, uh, especially the American church. And it's the belief that you can go your entire life being a Christian and believing in God with just doing it with me, me and God. Um, I remember when I was on campus, I was with uh, Hunter Rail, and we were talking to a guy. Um, I think this happened. I, it was a couple of different people uh, that basically gave me the same answer within uh, the same couple of weeks. Uh, we shared the gospel with him. He said that he considered himself a Christian from his upbringing. And I was like, okay, it's gr- that's great. Like, this guy believes the message. He, he, he says all the things, you know, kind of being like a, a yes man. Oh, yes, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just say all these things. I'm, I'm good to go. And um, both, of these, both of these different men on two separate occasions, I said, okay, so great. The next step is that you would uh, get involved in a church. And no, 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 no. Like, they did not... They did not like that. And so, and I, and I told him, you know, to, that it's important that he examines himself um, because uh, if you're not part of a church or a local body, that's, that's, not, the, that's not the fruit of a believer, uh, 2 Corinthians 13.5. I said there should be something, there, there should be, even if it's a mustard seed, I was asking him, is, is there a mustard seed in you uh, of desire to want to grow in the knowledge of God? You know, we do that through uh, the preaching and the teaching of the word. Is there a mustard seed of faith in you that wants to be around people that carry Christian values in the same way that you did? Is there anything in there? And he just kind of shrugged, and I don't remember. I think, we, I think we prayed for him, and he ended up going, and the other guy made a very quick exit to that conversation, <laughs> and I think I was with uh, Feli on that one. But um, if you think that you can uh, lone wolf this walk, then you're saying that you have special insight uh, from the Holy Spirit and that you know how to do the life of a Christian better than the 2,000 years of Christians that came before you. And I understand being hurt by others. I mean, I've been hurt by others in this church, but look, I'm still here. It's because I want to make things right with them. I want to make things right with God. I want to live humbly. I want to live with a forgiving and uh, soft heart. I know I'm going to be hurt. We're all going to be hurt. We're all going to suffer. That's part of the life of a Christian. Like, this is what we all signed up for. Um, we, we have gifts. Those gifts aren't for the world. It's meant for the church, to bless the church with them. All, the, all of Acts are believers that are part of a local church. And Acts 2.42 with the apostles' teachings, like what we're doing here. Luke 6.39 uh, says, He also told them a parable. Can a, blind man, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone, when he is fully cha- trained, will be like his teacher. And we all want to be fully trained like our teacher, ultimately like Jesus. But the closest thing that we have is one another, believers, shepherds, elders who have given their lives to the study, to the understanding of who God is. You're not going to get it right uh, just being on your own in, in the midst of all your YouTube videos because the YouTube videos don't know you. John MacArthur's great. You'll, I mean, these amazing preachers and teachers, I, would, I could never hold a candlestick, even if I started studying now until the time I died. I still wouldn't be able to accomplish as much as they have uh, for the Lord. But, uh, but they, they, these men, they don't know you. I know you. John knows you. The elders know you, don't they? 
They, they, they've, they, so many of us are in discipleship and life group. We meet more than just uh, here on Sunday. Most of the life of our church comes from life group. Most of the life of our church comes from uh, discipleship. This is where we go, come to be empowered and get trained to go and live missionally, to get vision uh, that John and, and Heath and, and, and Tyler have to share. So, um, and we want to be like Christ, and we have to mimic the faith of faithful men that went before us, and, uh, and also uh, the women, just as uh, Paul was very exhortational with that in all of his letters. So I just want to tag some, uh, some lies or excuses that I want to call out that are unprecedented in the last 2,000 years of the church. Um, here's one. I don't need to go to church to be close to God. How can you say that you want to be close to God but not as people? We're, we're, we're all one in Christ. We're one body. Um, here's another one. Uh, I can get everything that I need uh, from the preaching and teaching of the word online, just like what I said. MacArthur doesn't know you. Uh, Lawson doesn't know you. The people in the room know you, and they, they can help you actually hold you accountable to that desire to look more and be and hunger after and be more like Christ. Also, uh, there's wolves. There's false teachers. I bet you there's one in a thousand, one in five thousand messages on YouTube uh, that is that is biblical from well trained men. Everyone else is just in it for the platform, uh, for their own uh, self righteousness. Um, and uh, the people in the room uh, can give you accountability to living a sanctified and pleasing life in the sight of God. That's what I want. That's what I'm here for. Uh, number three, I was hurt by the church, and I don't want to, and or I don't want to be around those hypocrites. Well, we're here not because we're perfect, but because we need Him. Uh, maybe I remember uh, an illustration of it's kind of like a hospital building. And we're all at different places in the hospital, and Jesus is the great physician. Some of us are in the emergency room. Some of us are at different levels. But we're all coming because we know our need and our desperation, as I said earlier. And so um, and maybe uh, you have a faulty view of grace and forgiveness. Maybe you need to for- go back and mend past relationships with, uh, with people. Maybe have, have grace for uh, your leaders or your elders. I mean, we're not perfect, um, but we do have, we, we do want to live holy lives. And the Lord, the scripture gives us a, a good system on how to do that, you know, with the two and three witnesses. Um, the fourth one is, uh, all I need is God and not his body. Uh, God says that we are one body and he is the head. Uh, if I wake up in the morning, my head's not getting started with my work day, my arm is not in the kitchen making food, and my leg's not doing a quiet time, none of those things would get done with the other members. And so the, the body uh, is together in proximity. We're close together. We're meeting together, like even as it says in, in Acts and the Hebrew, in Acts and Hebrews, the two scriptures that I mentioned. So we're close together. We're, we're knit uh, as one. And we're also moving in the same direction. We have the same vision. We have the same mission. We're working together. And so, um, if you're not under the preaching and teaching and the conviction of the, the word or around other believers that can help guide you, you will compromise. You'll compromise on your convictions for the sake of a lost culture because you need to get filled up. And if you're not getting filled up and you're not getting edification from other believers and you're not getting it from God then you will try. Then you will ultimately try and find it in the world and other people. You'll have a fear of man. You'll say, "Oh, you know, under circumstances, under circumstances, there's, uh, you know, maybe homosexuality is okay in the church, and oh, like 
certain circumstances for different things. And you're just going to give in, and it's not going to be a witness to Christ. And ultimately, uh, we want to be a, a good witness to him. So I'll go ahead and have the, the band come up. Um, there's a lot against us. <clears throat> and the battle starts when we wake up in the morning. And it doesn't stop until we go to bed at night, or even throughout the night. For some of, for some of you that may struggle with sleep. The Christian life, as uh, one of my friends said, uh, another friend of mine that went through seminary, he said that this life is a, is a knockdown, drag-out fight. And it's going to be like that uh, until Christ comes back or until he calls us home. But it's encouragement that we, get, don't, that we don't have to do this alone and that we get to hunger after him and after his body. Those that are newer, uh, we love God, uh, or we, we love the hunger, or sorry, uh, those of you that have been here a while, uh, we're going to go, we're going on t- uh, year 10 now, maybe year 11. I lose track of time sometimes, but um, do you feel that the fire is waning? Um, are you still desperate? Do you still desire Christ more today than when you first came here? Do you find your prayers, do you find yourself praying more throughout the day, crying out for him for more help? I know I have been, especially in these past couple of years. I need wisdom in just about every situation I come across whether it's in uh, work, whether it's in, um, you know, just different faculties in the world. And, um, and, and, and I, I enjoy being able to come up here and, and speak with you guys, but I feel that the Lord has called me to stay where I'm at in, in, in amidst the, the workplace. Many, many of us are, and uh, to be edification to the body when it needs it. And so I, I'm, I'm coming into greater terms of recognition of my place, and I love where the Lord has me, and uh, I come across so many different situations. You can probably have a more personal talk with me about uh, work and things like that, but I just want to be, I want to be a light in my workplace. I want to bring, I want to help others know Christ. I want to hold fast to my convictions. Um, those that are newer, uh, we, we love the hunger. Uh, it's kind of like the honeymoon phase where uh, everything's new, everything's great. Um, and, but, and I, I hope that you would desire to make Christ everything. There's a newness about it as you discover him, but are you, are you disciplined uh, to wake up in the morning and put in that time? Um, the, hunger is, uh, the hunger is here, and it's also for, for years to come. And it's going to wane. It's going to go up and down. But uh, ultimately, you have to do that, uh, that desire, discipline, and then delight. Uh, Mike Babone's uh, an elder here at the church, sitting right up in the front here with his wife, Rebecca, and I've been walking with him for ever since I've been, again, ever since I've been here, and uh, even more recently, before he became the oversight for the young adults, uh, I was in his life group, and we went to, we've been to, we went, went to Sweden and Japan as life groups together, and that was a sweet time. I really got to know uh, him and Rebecca um, and my wife also, we weren't married or dating at the time, but she got to know them as well. And uh, now I do discipleship with him and Feli and Jordan. And we have this saying every so often that we'll say to each other, um, whether it's going through good times at the hard times, it's kind of a conversation cap. And we just look at one another and we smile and we just say, uh, till we're 80. And uh, the other one will echo, till we're 80. And so that's the, and that's the, that's the hunger, that's the desperation and, and the desire that we have to be together to one another for the long haul, uh, growing in Christ together. And that, that kind of kin, kinsmanship uh, and love of the, of the brotherhood and of Christ's body and of him and of Christ himself is available uh, to all the believers who desire to remain hungry for him and his people. 
So go ahead and close out in prayer. And um, if the Lord presses upon your heart in any of these areas, make sure that you grab someone uh, close to you, disciple. Uh, people that you do that you walk with uh, those that are in life group I'll go ahead and pray out yeah Lord thank you for enabling us to even be in this room help us not even to take that for granted help us to consider uh, even coming back from San Fran there was abysmal hunger most people didn't even want to give you time of space to talk Um, And so, Lord, uh, we know that uh, we don't want to get haughty or uh, prideful saying that this can't happen to where we live or that it's happening under our very noses in in Orlando and in Oviedo. Um, Lord, we do pray that you would give a hunger uh, to this city, to our state, to this nation and the nations of the world that wants to make you anything and everything. Pray that you would help to facilitate our hunger to want to love one another, to be hungry for you and nothing more, that we would wake up every day and we would say, why am I here? What is my motivation to being in this room? If it's not God and it's not his people together, then it's not worth pursuing. So Lord, I pray that uh, you would open our hearts, that you would reveal and shine a light into any of these areas, that we would be made right with you and with one another. And Lord, that we would have the humility to receive uh, the love from another brother and sister, whether that be encouragement, exhortation, rebuke. It's good for our souls. It's good for us. And help us to know that. In Jesus' name, amen.